0: We're glad to have Richard Nations with us today, so Richard, come on up. Well, good morning. morning. It's nice to see everybody here today. I'm Richard Nations. This is Rachel, my wife here in the second pew. She's a native of Manchester, so for years I've been coming to Manchester, and I've been to this church before, but uh, I'm Rachel's husband, so that's how you'll remember me today, her dad and mother. Uh, John and Gladys Huff just lived down the street from you. Uh, Gladys has passed away, and John is living in Jacksonville now. But we are in Manchester quite a bit of our time taking care of their house and getting it ready to sell. So anyway, nice to see all of you. I see Brandon back there. Nice to see you. Worked on my house down in Whitehall for me. And Rachel has girlfriends in this church, so uh, high school buddies. Well, I wanted to preach to you today because... Uh, Pastor Joe is going to be on vacation, going to be going up to a cabin up in central Illinois and just relaxing with his family, and he asked if I would preach, and I said, sure. I've really enjoyed getting to know Brother Joe since we moved here three months ago. I live in Whitehall, and my office is at the Sandy Creek Baptist Association in Murrayville. So I come by Manchester about every day, and I'm amazed at how much corn and beans are being grown around here. It probably doesn't amaze you, but... I, I grew up in Missouri and have lived there the last 11 years, and we don't have as many corn and beans. We got a few more cattle, maybe, but uh, it's a, a, there's a lot of corn and beans being harvested this time of the year. I've been watching the farmers way up into the night with the lights on and the combines and harvesting the grain. And the weather has been pretty good. I don't know how the summer weather was. I was here part of the year and and we had some rains, but it didn't seem like enough, and it was hot and dry, but I think perhaps everybody's getting their crops in. So now we're almost at the beginning of, we are at the beginning of fall, and the summertime is over now, and so now we can we can get ready for winter, I suppose. But uh, if you don't like the weather in Illinois, just stick around a day or two, and I think you'll find something that you like. But uh, I love to watch the seasons turn. I think that's one of the beauties of living in the Midwest is you get to see all four seasons. I went down to see my brother in Phoenix and they pretty much have summer all, all year long, except for like January maybe. And uh, they have uh, fall in January, go right back to summer. So uh, it's, it's good to have the changing of the seasons. There's a lot of things I like about summertime though. Vacations is good, swimming pools are good. Uh, summer camps are good vacation Bible schools all those things get my fire lit and uh, it's it's good to have that Summertime's typically a time when churches uh kind of slow down a little bit in their programming but then we have summer camps and vacation Bible schools that that uh, reach a lot of people for Jesus and summertime is when we spend a lot of time outdoors we have gardens and uh uh, some of those uh, produce, uh, the, the, the fruits of the gardens, the produce shows up on our doorstep. And it was, it was just nice to have fresh tomatoes this summer and, and cucumbers and all those things. So I'm calling my message a Harvest Time Sermon. This is when we will reflect on some of the end of summer themes And some of the beginning of the bringing in of all the efforts that we've done. Because the Bible was written in an agrarian society just like we live in here. Maybe we're a little more high-tech than they are, but we do the same things. We plant our grain and we gather it in. And it's time to get things done and gather them up for the fall harvest. Now that corresponds spiritually as well. And so I would invite you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 8. And we're going to look at uh, verses 18 through 22, and in particular, verse 20. Jeremiah chapter 18, excuse me, Jeremiah chapter 8, and verse 18 down through 22. The first paid ministry that I have had when I was 18 years old, I was a youth minister. That's how we usually start out in the Baptist church. you become a youth minister, and then a few years later, they turn you loose to be a pastor if that's the Lord's call for you. So we uh, I, w- I was over in Shelbyville, Missouri, and I was a student at Hannibal LaGrange College. That's where I met Rachel. And the work concluded in late August. I went back to school, and they invited me to come back in September. And I used this passage of Scripture to kind of put a capstone on my summer youth ministry that project that I had done there. And I preached the summer... Harvest is past, the summer has ended, but we have not been saved. And I encouraged them to go on out and reach the rest of those young people that we were trying to reach, because we had a pile of young people coming to youth activities, and it was fun. Uh, That's that's a a kind of a lament statement that you have there. The the harvest is past, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. It's, It's spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, but it's in the person or in the in the in the voice of the people who are not yet saved. So it's kind of a, a dramatic effect. The harvest is passed, the summer has ended, and we're not yet saved. That's what we should be thinking about as we think about the people that we've impacted in the last year in this church, and they're not yet saved. So let's Start with uh, verse 19. No, verse 18. My joy has flown away. Grief has settled on me. My heart is sick. Listen, the cry of my dear people from a faraway land is the Lord no longer in Zion? Her king not with her? Why have they angered me with their carved images and their worthless foreign idols? Harvest has passed. Summer has ended, but we have not been saved. I am broken by the brokenness of my dear people. I mourn. Horror has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? So why has the healing of my dear people not come about? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Manchester Baptist Church. I'm glad I can speak to them today and share this word from, from Jeremiah's lips, mourning or lamenting the unsaved condition of people. In his context, he was also thinking about the fact that they were not uh, following God, that they were le- that they were following foreign gods and foreign idols. And so God we, we know that you want us to be true to you. We know that you want us to, love you, and and have no other gods before you. But some are not saved. And so, Lord, we we lament with them, the summer is ended and we are not saved. Amen. Though this lament is kind of dreary and depressing, uh, there's always hope to be found. And I think there are some points to be made about the harvest time here. So we have a harvest time sermon for you today. The first point I would make is there is a sickness of the heart. Uh, There is an anguish of the prophet that uh, comes about in this uh, first couple of verses. He looks at the unfaithfulness of his fellow Israelites, and Jeremiah was facing a backslidden people who had turned away from God. He had been preaching to these people who were going to and from the temple, and he observed their worship Though they do go and worship, it does not do them any good. The the worship uh, is is in the false prophets. They believe the lies of the prophets of Baal. And the people thought that they could live in sin and go to the temple and they could worship this God and this God and this God and everything would just be fine. We could appease all of them. According to Jeremiah 7.6 and also Jeremiah 7.9, they were guilty of breaking many of the Ten Commandments. The false prophets had assured them that their presence was in God's temple as well in Jerusalem, and, and uh, they needed to get back to Jerusalem to the one true God, and they needed protection from the enemy, these false gods. They were sick. They were ill. There was a, there was a, a, a scourge going throughout the people of Israel. He says in verses 18 to 22, Why is there no recovery? Why is there no revival? Why are people not turning back to me? God's warning and His patience was reaching its limit. They had had turned away from God. There had been a, a harvest of repentance, but a little too late maybe. The sickness was too far gone, and the medicine was no longer available. I would say this to you, when God calls you to himself, don't wait. Someone said in the Bible study this morning, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And that's so true. We can't wait until the last minute and then hope that it will all work out. So we have to turn to God and seek the Lord while he may be found, as it says in Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. We have to seek the Lord. I turn on the mainstream media today and it looks like a dumpster fire it looks awful whenever we uh, see the news media and see what's going on. Uh, It just just makes you sick to see all the things that are happening. And then yesterday, an Islamic group bombed Israel and Israel declared war. So now we have two wars going on, not only in the Ukraine, but also in Israel. And so we pray for the Israelites to be protected and to prevail. But the news is bad. And then don't even get me started on politics. <laughs> You're not supposed to preach on, on politics in a church pulpit. Usually it gets you in trouble. But I think you understand. When we look at our political arena, it's just awful. It's just awful. And we, we realize that there's just a lot of trouble going on. Jeremiah preached to these people and tried to warn them that you've got to get out of this mire. You've got to to stop worshiping false idols. You've got to turn back to God. And we have people in our world who think abortion is quite okay, Uh, free love, free sex, do whatever you want to do, and then if you you find yourself inconvenienced, you can just take care of it. That's awful. And we need to stand up for pro-life causes. We also have the relaxing of so many laws in our nation that we've become a lawless society. We don't punish the criminals anymore. We slap them on the wrist and hope that things will get better. We've got to do better than this. We've got to elect people who will bring justice and godliness into our capitals again. Political correctness and tolerance for everything that is godless, well, we've got to turn away from that. We may be overrun as a country, if we continue to let liberalism and lawlessness continue to reign. So one thing that uh, Baptists believe very strongly in, and I think you'll agree, is as it says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, I can sit here and rail against corrupt politicians and and, uh, lawlessness and and uh, ungodliness and and, uh, sexual sin and immorality and confusion about gender. I can do all of that stuff. But when it comes right down to it, all of us are guilty of various kinds of sins. Ours may not be that, but it may be something else. So we need God. Our hearts are sick, just like the Israelites were sick. We understand that we will not go to heaven on our own merits. It's by the grace of God that we are saved, through faith, not of Ourselves Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. So if you're sick, you need to turn to the cure. The only cure for a sickness of heart is to turn to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will cleanse you of your illness and your sickness. And so there is an urgency then to the task. My second point, verse 20, there is an urgency to the task. If you go back one, please. The people were not saved. There was an urgency when a major... Uh, crisis breaks out, we all uh, listen up. Uh, I know in my last home, we lived near the crossroads of the town, and we would hear the sirens of the ambulances and the fire trucks just all hours of the day and night. We, We live right next to the fire station in Whitehall, so when we hear that siren go off, we listen up and uh, uh, we, we try to figure out what is the emergency and usually they say that's the the call to prayer when you hear a siren pray for somebody because somebody's not having a good day. But there is an urgency when a, when when a major emergency breaks out. Now when the hurricanes hit the southern coast like they do this time of the year, we see on the news, the weather channel, the CNN and the Fox News, we see all these, uh, people displaced. And we realize that they need help. And Southern Baptists have been able to send relief teams. They have, they wear yellow shirts and they go down and and uh, serve in these uh, storm, storm uh, affected areas. And uh, they call them Southern Baptist Disaster Relief. But those people that get up and go into churches and sleep on air mattresses and help clean up houses after tornadoes and hurricanes have my admiration. There's a lady from Lincoln Avenue Baptist Church in Jacksonville that just got back from Guam because there was a typhoon in Guam in May. They did some initial relief, but there were a lot of people who were left out. And so the Baptist relief workers went out there to Guam, which is 8,000 miles west of here. That's a long ways out there in the Pacific. And they put roofs on houses that have been blown off in this typhoon, many of them just sleeping under tarps in that tropical environment. And so it's good to go and help when people have needs. Jeremiah echoed the cry of the people who were lost and backslidden, and he says, the harvest is past. It's time. It's time to go ahead and and gather up the fruits of the harvest. There are people who are still not yet saved, and that's a haunting word picture. You know, first responders, when they go to a fire and they can't get everybody out, that is a hard thing. I was a fire department chaplain in Des Moines, And there was a fire in Johnston, Iowa, and a lady burned to death. And it was hard because the firemen were affected by that as well as the family that was left and so forth. I made some death notifications that night. It was a terrible night because we couldn't save everybody. So I would say that's the cry of Jeremiah, a haunting word picture. Farmers, especially those that deal in fruits and vegetables, have a limited window when their crop is ripe and they can get it to the farmer's market or to the elevator and they can get it uh, into the food chain. And so this urgency demands work instead of taking vacations and going to the pool. I don't see too many of these farmers that are running their combines way up in the night here as I drive up Highway 67. I don't see them going back and, and flipping on the TV And uh, getting a bowl of ice cream. I mean, they may do that a little bit, but mostly they're in their combines and their trucks this time of the year. They can do that later on when the harvest is all gathered up. They work because people are depending on them for a living. The food that is put into the community to feed people needs to be pulled out of the fields before the snow comes. And so, God wants us likewise to be harvesters of souls. He wants us to go out and find all the kids we can find in Manchester and the surrounding areas and bring them in for kids' ministry and Sunday school. And he wants us to talk to the hardened people who've always turned us off when we talk to them about Christianity and and the church. He wants us to keep going back and keep going back and keep going back. You know, my daddy turned the church people away most of his life there in North Missouri, but just before he died, two years before he died, he started getting nervous about the afterlife. All those preachers and deacons that had come by to see him, the words finally all started to make sense as he began to think about the end of his life. And he became a Christian at age 76, died at age 78. I'm glad because somebody came to tell him about Jesus. I was trying to prepare this message this week. I had a lot of distractions. I got down to Thursday afternoon, because I'd been at a Bible conference on Monday and Tuesday, and I still didn't have a message together. And uh, I had to go to the doctor in Springfield on Friday, and I had a bra- pastor's breakfast in Beardstown on, on uh, Saturday morning. But the message all came together on Saturday afternoon, and I pushed through the writer's block, and at harvest time, sometimes you do just that. I don't know how many of you are farmers, but I bet you, you stay in your combines and your tractors Late, later than you wanted to sometimes, because that's what it takes. Urgency demands commitment and hard work. And so the harvest is ready to be pulled in, and there's an urgency to the task. The third point I want to make is starts in verse 21. There is a healing that is available. Let me read that verse to you again. I am broken by the brokenness of my dear people. I mourn. Listen to this strong language. Horror has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? So why has the healing of my dear people not come about? The medicine is Jesus Christ. He is the healing. And even though Jeremiah was one of the prophets foretelling Jesus, the Messiah, who would come, He did come in the New Testament, and we have that record, and we have trusted in Jesus Christ if we're believers in Him. And so there is the healing that is available. The medicine for this sin sickness is Jesus Christ. And Jeremiah called the people to be faithful to God and not to stray after the pagans. His healing was available if they would just listen to the prophets and hear the Word of God preached to them and be obedient to the Lord. I want to show you a picture of a guy sitting in a wheelchair. This is my friend Stephen Strausch. He went on to heaven last year. Stephen was a fellow director of missions. That's my job title. Uh, I'm a director of missions, or now they call it associational mission strategist for the Baptists in this area. Stephen was in Lebanon, Missouri for the Laclede County Baptist Association. And I, I knew him through meetings and so forth and liked him. He was a likable fellow. Pretty pretty handsome, pretty stylish most of the time, but he got sick in 2018 and really got sicker in 2019. He had cancer that came to him suddenly, and he was able to, to get some treatment and put it off for about four years, but in the beginning of the summer of 2022, my editor, I was a freelance writer for the Missouri Baptist newspaper, and my editor and I talked, and we said, we'd like to capture Stephen's story if he'll talk to us, and so we made an overture and he said, yes, I would like to tell my story before I pass away. So I went down to Lebanon, and I interviewed Stephen one morning, and he showed me several of his photos. He was also a semi-professional photographer. And that's the Bennett Springs State Park there. If any of you are a trout fishermen, you may know that place. And so Stephen lived just outside of the park, went in there, and, and even in his wheelchairs, friends would take him in, and he would take pictures of the trout rising up out of the water. And... Uh, Uh, The reason I guess I wanted to um, show you his picture, I love the guy. I went to his funeral, and I heard people sing his praises. But he said, and, and I put this in the article that I wrote, he said, I want to live until I die. He didn't want cancer to get the best of him. So even though he was taking chemotherapy, he had lost all of his hair. He had had all the effects of the cancer treatment. He lived his life fully until about a week or so when he went unconscious before his death. So I got in my car and drove to Lebanon the second time to stand at his funeral and uh, pay my respects like everybody else did. And we said, well done, good and faithful servant. And so he didn't, he didn't beat the cancer, but he's in heaven enjoying life better than ever. And he lived until he died Uh, This balm in Gilead, there's a, I think there's some words to this gospel song if you'll advance the slide, the balm in Gilead, there is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole, there is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin sick soul, taken right out of this scripture. We're all wounded, we all need the balm, we need the medicine that only God can provide, And it heals our sin-sick soul. We need to be whole again. We need to be healed. And I think the scripture says that there is hope. There is hope. It's kind of in reverse, though. The prophet is saying, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no prophet there? Is there no healing? And the rhetorical answer is, yes, there is. In Jesus Christ, there is a balm in Gilead. So I don't know if you're suffering from illness today, but I want you to know that there is a balm in Gilead. You may not live the rest of your life as long as you wanted, but you will live forever if you know Jesus, just like my friend Stephen. So we're all wounded. We need to be whole. A couple of years ago, three years ago, I guess, we're beginning to mark time by pre and post COVID. Are, Are we not doing that here? I'm hearing it every church I go to. 2023, I got sick with the virus finally. I'd managed to avoid it all spring, and I I wore the mask and did the things you're supposed to do, but finally it got me, and I was sick for, what was it, 10 days. We had to stay inside, and it was a a long time of sitting around and not feeling terribly sick, but just knowing I couldn't go anywhere, and then it really got rough on me, and I got to where I couldn't breathe. I called my doctor, and he was on vacation, and they said, well, we would encourage you to call the teledoc. to call the the 800 number, and some doctor somewhere in the country will pick up the call and call you back and give you some medicine or something. So I did, and some doctor in New Jersey said, well, there's some antihistamines that you can get over the counter, and you can probably take some of those, and it'll probably be okay. It wasn't at all what I wanted to hear. I even paid for this advice. <laughs> so I got a little sicker, and I I went ahead and went to the emergency room, and there they gave me some high-powered medicine that helped me to breathe, which is what I was wanting to do all along, anyways. It turns out I wasn't as terribly sick as I thought I was, but it sure didn't feel very good to be able to, to be gasping for your breath. So sometimes we need the medicine. We need the healing. We need Jesus. We don't want something that doesn't help. We want to have healing power. So I'm going to say to you, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to be down here in the front, and I'd like to lead you to pray to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today. And if you want to join Manchester Baptist Church, you come on. they'll, They'll start that process for you. So let's have our musicians come. We'll stand. We'll sing. And if God is speaking to you, and you're a sinner in need of a Savior, I hope that you will come today and receive Jesus.